1: Hello, coaches. This is Coach Kevin Furtado. I'm the Head Girls Basketball Coach at Lake Oconee Academy in Greensboro, Georgia. I'd like to welcome you to Championship Championship Visions Podcast. This is episode number 15. Today, we're interviewing Coach Gene Durden. Coach Durden is entering his 14th year as Head Girls Basketball Coach to the Lady Wolves. <clears throat> at Buford High School. He is originally from Midville, Georgia, and played basketball at Coastal Care, Coastal Community College in Brunswick, Georgia, where he received an associate degree in business. He then attended Georgia Southern University in Statesboro, Georgia, where he received a Bachelor of Science degree in business education. He teaches personal fitness and team sports classes at Buford High School. Overall, Coach Durden is in his 31st season as head coach. This past year, the Lady Wolves achieved the 29-3 record and won the 5A state Georgia High School state championship for second straight year. Durden's Lady Wolves have played in eight of the past ten state championship games while winning the state titles in 2018, 2017, 2015, 2011, 2010, and 2009. The Lady Wolves were also state runners-up in 2014 and 2012. In 2017, the Lady Wolves achieved a 29-2 record and won their first state championship in Class 5A. In 2015, the Lady Wolves achieved a 30-3 record and won the 4A state championship. In 2011, the Lady Wolves achieved a 29-3 record and won the 2A state championship for the third straight year. In 2010, the Lady Wolves achieved a 29-4 record and won the AA state championship for the second straight time in Buford high school history. In 2009, Buford won its first 2A state championship in Durden's fourth year of taking over the program. The 2019 had a 32-1 record and set the stage and expectations for the years to come. Durden's 28th coaching season also brought in another milestone in his coaching career when he accomplished winning over 700 career wins during the 2015-2016 season. Durden's overall career record is 779-212. and During the 13 years at the helm of the Buford basketball program, Durden has guided the Lady Wolves to six state championships, two state runner-ups, eight region championships, and a program record of 348 and 68. The Buford Lady Wolves have participated in the 2A, 3A, 4A, and 5A state tournaments during all 13 years of Durden's tenure at Buford High School. Let's welcome Coach Dean Durden. Kevin.
0: Hey, Gene. How are you? Doing well, my friend. I just took me a while to get the app downloaded.
1: I, I know it's it's a little bit of a struggle, but I I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, no problem at all. I'm not very uh, technology uh, savvy, so I apologize.
1: <laughs> no, I'm always learning. I'm I'm, I'm telling you. Um, hey, I, I'm so glad, uh, Gene. You're uh, you're joining us. I've actually. This is my, you're my fifteenth interview, um, and I just love doing it. It's just a passion of mine. I, I get to interview all my friends and my coaches, um, and uh, it's Listen, it's been a I lot think of it's fun. A great
0: thing. I think it's a great way to share, and uh, I appreciate people like you that, like I said, are technology savvy enough to be able to do things like this. I could I couldn't do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I tell you, Steve Collins really enjoy he told me man, he just loved talking to you and uh of course he's going to come down for our clinic uh hey what do you think about um you know speaking to him of course he's from Wisconsin what oh, do you I get out of, out of that podcast
0: you know we started just sharing ideas and all and it's amazing sometimes when you get uh people and you're talking to them and all that about just the learning and and how you have some of the same Uh, principles and standards in your programs and then also some some just different ideas when you talk uh, with people that you know it it just really opens up uh, your thought process or how you can become better I just matter of fact like I said I got off today from going and meeting uh, with a group of coaches and all we did was sit around the table and throw out ideas and talk about uh principles and everything something a lot of times it didn't have to do with x and os just had about philosophies and everything else so you know sharing is the way you grow and and being open-minded and all is, is really big and I tell you what nowadays you better be able to grow where else you're gonna be get left behind
1: oh there's no doubt about that um and i think um you know i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you a question a little bit later about clinics and stuff but um um, I know you're one of the best at um, mentoring other coaches and anybody that I know. I, for myself, I know when I contact you, man, you're always you're always there for me. Always ready to share. And if I need to come over there to check out some of the things that you're doing, yeah, I mean, you've always been great to me. Hey, tell us a little bit about um, how you got started in coaching, and um, was there any any great coach that mentored oh, yeah. you along hey, the way? Great
0: people that i worked with and mentored me and everything else but you know I just was one of those kids that had the passion and love for the game of basketball and I, I, I look at it now this was a real positive in my life but I wasn't very good and uh, so with not being very good I, I had to do a lot of work to try to make myself a player and I learned how to develop skills and everything mm-hmm. else and went on to have a pretty good little high school career and then went on to play some junior college and everything else. But I just loved basketball. I knew that that's what I was going to be, what I wanted to be ever since I was a young boy. And, uh, you know, the Lord helped me with the right steps of taking it and, and, and how my career went. You know, I went to a small private school straight out of college and, you know, a lot, you know, Uh, that was just the greatest thing in the world because a lot of times you can go and be an assistant coach at a bigger program or something like that. But what really helped me was I thought I knew so much about basketball and thought I had it all mastered. And I go to this small private school and I learned right away that I had so many things I had to learn and so many lessons to learn and everything else. And so I coached boys, girls, both varsities and both JVs with no assistance. So, um, (laughs) <laughs> I remember those oh, yeah. days, oh, man. <laughs> for years, I got probably yeah. ten to fifteen years worth of experience, and you know, from everything taping ankle to driving <laughs> the bus to cleaning concession stands. and You know, I hear these younger coaches now whine about what they do, and I said, "Wait, wait a minute! Don't, don't even come around here with me with that." I, I didn't know what I was getting paid, and I was just as happy as I could be.
1: Yeah, I, I can definitely, curse I've been in the private, I, I actually, half my career was in the private schools, as you know, um, and I tell you, you're right, you got to do everything. Um, and it's not, it's not easy, but I think it's good, I think it's good for coaches to pay their dues like that, and you really kind of, you basically oh, man, learn on the, the run, best don't thing you?
0: in the world, I'm just thankful that the Lord put me in that situation, uh, you know. Uh, of doing that my son's on my staff now and he's a young coach and 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 gonna be a great coach but sometimes he'll be like oh i don't know why we got to do that i'm like wait a minute you don't have any idea what you're talking about till you till you had to do it all and and i think that that's great because like i said later on you appreciate so many things that people take (laughs) for granted
1: yeah, absolutely, and I, I got, and I got to tell all the listeners, uh, and we're kind of, you know, it's funny is that I have coaches contacting me, telling me, Kevin, I, I just love your podcast, and, and and just by my the coaches that I'm interviewing are sharing, there's a lot of coaches out there, they're in need of coaches like yourself to, who can who can help them along the way, um, and I and oh, I appreciate look, you joining. me
0: especially late in my career where I'm at now i I enjoy so much of being able to mentor young coaches and all and and try to help them not make some of the same mistakes that, that I made and and the thing about the mentoring is this is is not only do I feel like I'm helping out the game of basketball but it gets me in the right frame of mind. it makes me reevaluate what I'm doing it's always making me try to stretch stretch a rubber band and grow and everything else. So, like I said, I just, I just think that probably one of my biggest strengths I've had over my career is I'm always trying to find ways to do things better. And uh, I know that the game's changing and you got to always be changing. And like I said, it's just it's just a blessing a lot of times having have these younger coaches around and, and uh, like I said, to be able to share ideas with them.
1: Gene, your team's always – this is the one thing, and I – I've seen your practices, I've seen your clinics, all that. They're disciplined and they play with relentless effort. How do you get your teams to do this? We were talking about this
0: today, matter of fact, like I said, with a group of coaches. But, you know, I spoke to to our coaches at Buford about two months ago. We had a little coaching clinic. We have something right before our our school starts called the Clinic of Champions or whatever. But I spoke about this and I I really believe this, you know, Now the the big buzzword around in all sports and basketball is culture. And everybody's talking about culture and culture this and culture that. Well, I truly believe in culture as, as, as much as any coach, but I believe in this. I believe that culture is nothing without accountability. And so you've got to really find what your identity, what you want your program to be identified with. And you've got to really, really invest in that part. And, you know, I hear coaches all the time. You know, to me, coaches talk, it's an insult if they're kids. You know, everyone's going to say, well, I, we play hard. Well, we play hard. You know, because like I said, it's an insult if, if they, they don't play hard. But I watch some people and I say, if that's their idea of playing hard, uh, you, that, that's we're not on the same plane. So um I just, I just think that that it's a, it's a mindset that you got to get involved with your kids. With, we, I started in that back when I was at Dade because of the type kid we had and those kids were so tough and just so mentally strong and everything else. And uh, we just hold our kids accountable for it, and we just, we just say, you know what, this is not acceptable. And, and once you get that established and you hold them accountable to it, it, it really kind of takes off, and they take pride in it. But, uh, you know, for us to compete, uh, that's what we feel like we've got to be able to do. And that's something that we feel like is a learned skill. You know, I, there's no doubt about it. A kid is isn't born playing hard. And so I think that that's the, that's the thing you got to do right. is hold them accountable to it and, and keep working on it every day.
1: Yeah. And the one thing that, that I've heard you many times. Over the years, is you're always very truthful with your players, and I, I, I honestly, I feel that's lacking with the coaches, and I'm always trying to work on that. You sometimes you, you don't know if you want to tell the kid that, but I think that's a strength of yours, right? That's something I
0: and mean, that's I, how I you think develop it's your players. Really big, but I think there's a lot of levels to that. Uh, if you've ever heard me speak at a clinic or anything, I talk about this. That one thing I learned really early in my career is. You cannot push kids to play hard and to really, really push them unless you develop a relationship with them and unless they truly know that you care about them outside because they're not going to trust you with that. And so I believe that, that you know, you've got to develop those relationships and those strong bonds with them. And then, like you said, I am big about the truth. Now, how you frame that truth is really big, too, as a coach, because, you know, there's a difference in trying to be truthful with them and then trying to crush them. And so, you know, you got to better frame it the right way. But, you know, uh, one thing that we were talking about today, again, was this is, you know, 15, 20 years ago, a kid usually only had two voices in their head. Usually they had to coach and they had to parent. I mean, that's that's – basically who was telling them now kids have so many voices in their heads. They've got AAU coaches, they've got trainers, they've got evaluators, they've got other people. I mean, it, it, and so you have to have somebody in their lives going to tell them the truth because kids are going to go to usually what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. And so, you know, we explain to them, we talk to them. I mean, we're always talking to our kids about, you know, we're not trying to hurt your feelings but we're trying to let you know we care enough about you and we respect you enough that we're going to be truthful with you Now you ain't you don't have to believe it and it might not be absolutely the way you see it but you got to understand something you're playing for me and if you're going to play for me this is what's got to be done and how it's got to be done so you know I just believe in doing that I believe that that's something you got to do with kids nowadays and it's something that you know it's going to help them in life <laughs>
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, we're trying to develop life skills with many of our kids, and it's frustrating. I know it's frustrating for you. I know everything's not that easy. Uh, Gene, you're going to be at at our clinic coming up, and um, you're doing something at the clinic that I absolutely love, and I I utilize these drills with our girls. It's called the Breakfast Club. Can you tell the, the listeners a little bit about the and a little bit about the Breakfast Club and what you're going to be doing I'll be glad at the
0: clinic. i And matter of fact, the Breakfast Club goes back to my first where it was kind of originated. Was was 30 years ago at that small private school I was at. When I got there, I was I was always trying to get kids to work out in the gym or work out in the gym in the summertime and everything else. And and so you know, kids would be like, well, "Coach, we want to come in, but I can't find the time. I can't do this. I got a job. I got this." So what I basically did back then was I said, "Okay." if you got a job or you got all this thing we're gonna find a time where you don't so we were bringing them in at that time back about 6 30 in the morning <laughs> and uh we br- well, i started breps club out at brookwood little brookwood school in thomasville and like with, th- with three kids yeah. and uh what was funny was as those three kids would come in and we'd do all these drills and everything else and three turned six pretty soon and then six turned to 12 and 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 the breakfast club, like I said, is not practice. What we've we learned – we've learned a lot of things through 30 years of trying to do it. What it basically is is an hour and a half to two hours of offensive skill development because we learned that kids will get up in the morning time in the summer on their own to come get better at shooting the ball and handling the ball and doing offensive stuff. They're not going to get up at six thirty in the morning or seven thirty in the morning to come and do defensive slides and rebounding drills. So we've we've went to a lot of different stages and all that, but but uh, it's been a it's probably been the biggest foundation that I've had for thirty years uh, of getting our kids fundamentally sound, and it's probably about eighty percent ball handling. And a lot of footwork stuff, and then working on layups and shooting, all offensive skill development. But it is something that's really, really, uh, really been big for us. You know, at Dade County, it was a huge part of us there. At Buford now, we would probably average anywhere of around seventy to 70 to 80 girls from grades five all the way through my college players coming back. And now Coach Martin, the boys' coach, he watched it for a year, and now he may, he brings his boys in. So uh, two to three, two do to three days it. a week. So, you know, it's just a really good thing that we do. Uh, we've got it down to clock work. we made some adjustments with it and everything else. But we we really feel like it's the foundation or one of the biggest foundations of our program.
1: Yeah, i tell you some of the things I love about it. And you might have already changed it. Um I love the footwork things you do, you know, with the, uh, and I love how your your kids are really, they're ball tough, they're they're tight with the ball. You, I I know you really emphasize that. Tell us a little bit about the footwork and the ball toughness that well, you teach.
0: Well, we we have a lot of series of drills, but you know, uh, it gets back into the way that you coach because there's there's always say this all the time. There's more than one way to skin a cat, and and really, is it's got to do with your philosophy and everything else. But uh you know what we teach is we teach one permanent pivot foot we don't teach two we just there's our reason why we because it does it cuts down on turnovers it also helps with uh the teaching aspect with younger kids all the way around and everything else uh, but we we basically teach rip swings and and being real tight with the ball and everything below the knees and never bringing the ball through the center of our body and all and and uh so, it's a lot of drills. And, and the thing about it is, we, we have it the Breps Club where we can teach a fifth grade kid all the way up to a college kid at the different degrees and levels, and, and they can continue to get better with it. And so, like I said, it's a series of drills. And, and you know, when you, you people are probably listening to me going, 75 kids, what do you, how do y'all do it? Uh, I mean, they probably get it like it's a camp situation, and it's not. <laughs> It is a – we always say this, this isn't practice, this is training. And we'll have all our coaches there, and, and they know what to do and know how to drill and hold them accountable and everything else. But, you know, I've had, I've had college coaches and high school coaches come in and their eyes just pop out because they can't believe we can take this many kids and get that much training out of them doing that stuff. But like I said, it's been many, many years learning how to do it. But the footwork stuff and all is really good, and it gives a great solid base. A matter of fact, I'm about to do my middle school tryouts tomorrow and Tuesday. And a lot of the stuff that we're going to try out with in the tryouts are is breakfast club stuff uh, because that helps me too. Because here's the deal if I've got middle schoolers that's coming all summer long and they're coming to breakfast club on their own at seven o'clock in the morning. Well, I know I can work with those kids because if they'll work, then it's my job to turn them into basketball players. So it it's a lot of different advantages for our program.
1: Yeah, and one thing I love about it, you have from fifth grade, that's one thing I got from you. Of course, I'm at a small school here, so I can do it. I, I teach the younger kids. But I believe that when you have camps, you put everybody together. That's one thing I got from you. Uh, tell us a little bit about you
0: um, You want your older goals to well, um, teach know, the – There's another right. thing right there with culture is, um, you know, like I said, about the buzzwords, culture. Well, if you got programs that split it all up, then it's hard to keep your culture in your total program because usually some teams are doing different and all that. So. It's really huge with our older girls that they know they're role models, that little girls are watching them and everything else. So it's amazing to watch the younger ones when they're in there and they're watching our older ones and how hard they're going, which goes back to how hard we play and everything else because they're seeing these kids just sell out to the drills. And they're seeing that, that we're pushing them to be uncomfortable and to mess up and all these things. And so, you know, it really just filters down because when you've got a younger kid watching an older kid especially a kid like tori osmond which graduated for us last year went to michigan state you know all these younger kids are watching her and she's just out there just going as hard as she can well they want to be like tori so they basically they they try to emulate what she's doing so it's a great teaching for your culture and everything else all the way down so uh, it just filters down and everybody and, and and we make sure i know this sounds crazy but if we've got a sixth grade kid in there and she's not holding the line of, of not doing what she's supposed to do, we'll say, listen, you don't need to come back. You know, if you're not going to uh, conform to what we're doing, uh, this is free. We're, we're providing training for you. Uh, this might not be for you. So, you know, we hold the line of our, of our culture of what we expect and how hard they go and everything else.
1: And I was there, I tell you, I, of course I, I've been going to your clinics for such a long time. Um, and I remember when Tori was a fifth grader, This was a long time ago, coach. And I remember her demonstrating all the drills in front of all your, all your high school players and so forth. Uh, <laughs> I guess that shows how old I am, I guess, Gene, but, I remember all your clinics, man. I mean I, I'm I'm hoping you get your clinics back. Well, Are we've you still doing the clinics? We uh, just
0: did a, a little different. Um I'm now the girls rep at the G A C A and so we're gonna put together a clinic for the GACA for boys and girls. Matter of fact, it's gonna be one October the thirteenth. And we and, and we're gonna have oh, okay, great. Tom Clean from the new head coach at University of Georgia, Josh Pastner, the head coach at Georgia Tech. Um um uh, T.J. Oh, Rosine, which I think is one of the best coaches in the state of Georgia. Uh, he's going to bring, he's gonna bring yeah, his kids he's down. And then Amanda Butler, uh, the head coach at Clemson, which is a really good friend of mine. So, we're going to put together a real good on-the-floor clinic and also. Uh, like I said, I may bring some information about that because we'd love to have you know all Georgia coaches you know try to come and attend that. So we're I'm trying to get one started for the GACA. Uh, we've had a lot of success with the clinics that I've done in the past, but we're trying to branch out now to both boys and girls. Try to offer a little bit more to Georgia.
1: But to- I love that, and yeah, make sure you bring every uh, the brochures. So we're definitely talking. Hoping you like the.
0: Yeah, I, he was laughing. He was talking about Tori. I remember people don't understand, but when Tori was in the fifth grade, she could get to the rim in one dribble, making a move and everything else. I mean, that's what – that's like the Breves Club, training those kids. People don't understand them. Younger ones, that's when you really make an impact on them.
1: Oh, absolutely. Hey, Coach, tell me a little bit, um, A.C. McCullers, and I know you know A.C. pretty well. Uh, absolutely. He's, you know, he's gonna, he's, I'm honoring him this year because what I'm trying to do in my clinic is each year honor one of the great coaches of the past. I don't think we do enough of that. Um, guys like Jackie Bradford, Norman Carter, Jane Williamson. I know you know all these guys. Uh, Bob Wright, Angie Hembry, uh, and many others. Uh, do we spend enough time as coaches remembering the great coaches of, 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 of Georgia in the past?
0: Coach, I think you're doing a great thing, and no, we don't. Um, All those people you just mentioned were big-time influences on me. Mentors, I can remember A.C. would let me, when I was my first days at Dade, A.C. would let me come tomorrow and practice before we played in Atlanta. Uh, I mean, I I just got the most respect for Jane Williamson remember uh, so much when she was even at Harrelson County and every. I mean, we've got to, to to do a better job of remembering some of these. And I really appreciate doing what, you, what you're what you doing with your clinic because, like I said, A.C. is – you know, he's been one of the, the, the great coaches for women's basketball in the state of Georgia and has influenced so many people. So, I appreciate you doing what you're doing with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I actually um, um – I'm trying to get Norman Carter because uh, I know he's – I mean – to me, he's uh, he's somebody I really looked up to when I was um, playing and so forth. And I, when I, excuse me, when I was starting coaching, and um, he's done so much with his camps and all that. Uh, now, do we do we do enough clinics in the state of Georgia?
0: Well, here's what's happened. I never thought about this until I remember about seven years ago. We Jim Foster had just took the job at Chattanooga. Matter of fact, I'm I know you were there because you know, I remember me and you talking. Yeah. Uh, and Jim Foster made this point at the clinic, and I never thought about this till he said it. But Jim was talking about how clinics were kind of going out of style. I guess the best way to put it would be style was because now people gathered so much information from the internet and how that now the internet was a a great source for coaches and everything else. And I never thought about that till he said it. Because when I was a younger coach and coming back 20-something years ago, man, clinics were huge. I used to love to go to clinics and just listen and probably took down all these notes and just, you know, it just made me think and everything else. But, you know, clinics are kind of, I'm not say died off, but they kind of there's not as many as we used to. But I think that's one of the reasons is because people now can gather so much information off the internet. But in my opinion, and I have I have a very strong opinion a lot of times on things, and probably this opinion sometimes isn't right. But in my opinion, I think the internet is very dangerous with 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 coaching stuff because I get on there all the time looking at stuff. And there's some great, great stuff on the internet. And then I think there's some of the worst trash, just awful technique and everything else that, that you can find. And I think that that especially for younger coaches, it's a danger sometimes because they a lot of times wanna wanna do the shine stuff and not the substance stuff. Right, and So you see all this stuff, I, you know, I love, I love to have a dollar for every time I've seen a, a drill on the internet and here's some kid taking five dribbles and and not going anywhere. And then all of a sudden goes by a chair or something, standing straight up and then goes in there and dunks it or does something spectacular. And you want to go, that ain't working in a game. But, but you know, so like I said, it, it's kind of a – I think it's a great thing because there's a lot of good stuff out there. And then there's a lot of stuff that is just terrible for the game of basketball. So, you know, I think it's a – I would like to see more clinics. I would like to see more people do – getting the right people in there to to, to to show good stuff because I think that it's, it's – in kids, you got to remember, they get they, – they watch – they're on the internet all the time too. And so they're looking at all this stuff and you know, they want to do the Iverson move or they want to do this and, and they don't have any idea that you got to get the right fundamentals and all that stuff down before you try it. And these guys are on a whole nother level that, that they can't even imagine. So I'm sorry I went around the world on that stuff, but I yeah. think this I think that the clinics I, I would like to see a lot more good clinics out there for people that want to to be involved.
1: Yeah. And, and the purpose of the clinic that I do, Gene is, is for, is I think the best teachers are the high school coaches. And I think you're one of the best. I, I'll be honest with you. I would go to a high school clinic before I would go to a college with, with great high school coaches. I just think they're better teachers.
0: Well, I do too. And, and, you know, the, I'm, I, the thing that people don't realize is when you go and watch a college, uh, a lot of times they're not dealing with the same situation. I'll never forget. Uh, I was listening to Bobby Crimmins one time early in my career, and he was talking about press breakers. And uh, he walked in, and what I loved about it, he said "Is he said, listen, I got Kenny Anderson, and you don't. And so, you know, he was he was telling the truth a lot of times. Right. It's some stuff that people, people don't, uh, don't t- you know they take for granted because it looks really easy with some of these people that are doing it. And it was amazing how I was such a great – press breaker coach back when i had ashley house well you know what i was smart i was smart enough to give ashley the ball and tell everybody else get out of her way (laughs) so so you know but i i'll I'll agree with you on that Uh, you know i got away from like i said going and listening to a lot of the the Bigger name people sometimes, but you know, you you can learn something from everybody. If like I said, that's the thing. Sure, sure. But like this afternoon, what I was telling you about, we had a group of high school coaches together, and man, you you talking about some great sharing. They were some unbelievable sharing just among those high school coaches. But coaching is a strange thing too, Kevin. Because of this, is I think that most coaches and, and a lot of them are so insecure about stuff. And, and so a lot of them don't want to learn as much a lot of times because they're scared to admit that they need to get better or they need to, to work on this. And I think that hurts our profession really, really bad is, is sometimes people that think, I don't I think they got all the uh, all the answers for all the questions and, and don't want to keep learning.
1: Yeah, and, and a couple examples is that I remember when I was actually watching your clinic, You know, back, you know, quite a few years ago, man, you were sitting in the corner, you were writing notes. And I I just felt like that was, I was impressed with that. And also, AC McCullers, he'll be there early in the morning, listening, writing notes. And this guy's been coaching 50 years. So it's always about, it's always about growing and getting better, right? That's the
0: thing that people don't realize. and, And like I said, you can learn if you're open minded, you know, you don't have to, to take everything but if it just makes you think about what you're doing you know that's that's a bigger part of learning and uh you know like i said especially for younger coaches now and everything else you know here's the deal it's all been done ain't there's no originators out there right now that it's you know and, and i tell people this all the time that you know that that it's not what you do is how you do it but more important than that is is what you get your kids to believe in you know, it, all systems work right. and all defense – it wasn't meant a defense designed not to stop somebody or offense designed to score on somebody. But it's how you get those kids to believe in what you're doing. So, uh, I think there's a lot of a lot of truth to that too.
1: Yeah, and Gene, uh, one thing that I, I did – I'll say I borrowed it from you. I don't think I stole it from you. Uh, you're five controllables. We have that up in our locker room. Um We believe in that. Tell us a little bit about your five. We
0: came up with something a while back, just that we call them five controllable factors. And we feel like this has nothing to do with your athleticism. It has nothing to do really with your skill level. Uh, It's just basically five things that any person can contribute to a basketball program. And you control these. That's why we call them controllable factors is because this is a mindset of you and, The first one is defense, which, you know, we all – everybody loves, you know, defensive-minded kids, and that's what we're going to definitely put our – hang our hats on is playing defense. I think one of the most underrated things the second one is rebounding because uh, I truly believe that rebounding is is the key to winning big-time basketball games is controlling the boards. So, you got defense, rebounding, communication, which, you know, every coach will tell you that was one of our big topics today about – trying to get kids to talk and communicate and then effort or hard work, whichever way you want to say it, uh, which, you know, playing hard, that's, that's part of it. And then attitude. And, uh, so those are five things that we always talk about in our program. If you can master three of them, we're going to find a place for you to play and it has nothing to do with hitting shots or anything like that. But if you can do, if you can master three of those five, you're going to be in good shape in our program. So we just – we really believe in that and really uh, taught our kids about it and everything else.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's something I know you guys emphasize. You ever watch Buford play? You can tell those are being, are being utilized. Hey, tell us about your system. I you know, I spoke a lot about your saggy man-to-man. And so impressed. Tell
0: us a little bit about how you
1: – system
0: like it well the the system has been something that we've been working on you know i've been instinct 30 something years now and when i kind of i whenever i'm mentoring key uh younger coaches and i we talk about this today i can't keep bringing that back up but you know it's something that we always talk about is the first thing i tell any coach that comes and wants to sit down and talk with me is this, is you've got to do a great job of identifying the environment that you're coaching in Because, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, you may come watch what we do at Buford or whatever, but you may not be able to do that with the same environment you have where you're at. And when we talk about environment, I'm talking about everything from the type of kids you have to the type of parent support you have to what kind of administration support, what money, what region you play in to get out of. I mean, there is just so many factors involved with determining what your environment is. Well, when I looked at the environment at – when I really started doing this was at Dade County. So when I looked at the environment at Dade County, I looked and saw, okay, what kind of kid am I going to have year in and year out? And I was going to have pretty much a country mountain-type kid that was just hard-nosed and and just really, you know, was a tough-type kid and and started looking at, at the, the region we played in and everything else. well. We, When I first got into coaching, you know, back then, it was Bobby Knight, Mike Shesky, motion offense, denial man man on the line-up line defense. So, I thought, as a coach, you know, that's what I need to do. I need to be doing those things. Well, when I went to Dade, I had a great boys coach there. It was a great mentor of mine named Alan Long, and he had done a lot of stuff out in Texas and everything else. Well, he run this crazy, sagging man-to-man defense, and I was – and. He explained it to me and everything else, and I'm telling you, when I listened to it, I said, that's that, that's crazy. I don't, <laughs> even, I, don't even, I don't even believe, you know. And then we started talking basketball, and he started asking me questions like, okay, how many times you get a back door cut on? Or how many times do do uh, you, you you funnel the ball here, and all of a sudden the shot goes up and you're out of rebounding position? Or uh, He just started making me think about it and think about some different ways and all this stuff. So we adopted that defense, and I've run that defense now for over 25 years, and I absolutely love it. I mean, I, it's so easy to teach. It's, you know, I think now a lot of people call a different pack line and all this stuff. But, you know, it, it was really easy and didn't have a lot of rules to it. So my kids, like, one thing that I believe in, I do believe in this factor right here: the more you think, the slower your feet. And so I like to give my kids a lot of freedom in their thinking process so they can play fast. So, it's you know, you ain't got to have 100 ways to get over screen or do this or do that. So, we make it real basic, real simple. So, that's one of our foundations. And, and probably, I, you know, one of the things I believe in is this, is we've got four foundations at, at Buford now that we we feel like, our coaching staff feel like we got to be great at these. These are what we're going to build everything off of. And so, when we – work in the summertime we only work on these we don't do a lot of stuff other stuff besides these these are implemented down to our middle school it is what we can get down there but our four foundations are a sagging man-to-man which is what we call O T 2 defense our one-two-two press which is our base press that's what we do and what we try to be great at uh the dribble drive offense now is something we adopted about six years ago and uh the funny thing about the dribble drive is this is i was talking to steve about this is i i don't like the dribble drive as a head coach because to me it's individual basketball because you're breaking somebody down one-on-one and everything else there's not a lot of cutting and passing well the passing's got to be really pinpoint on it but it's just not to me it's like one-on-one basketball but i love it because people don't play great man-to-man defense and we've gotten so good at it we feel like even athletic teams we can we can break them down and make them help and find really mismatches and all so the dribble drive now and all our drills and all are, are now shooting drills and everything go to the dribble drive and then the the one that i've been searching for for most of my coaching career that we feel really good about now is what we do against zones we we don't we have a few sets and a few things that we do offensively but the main thing we do is teach our kids how to to zone principles on the perimeter and then in the short corner and high post. And then we put them together. So we're really teaching them how to play and play basketball instead of just running a set. Cause you know, with girls, especially if you got them going A to B to C and all of a sudden B to C breaks down, they look over there at the bench and go, wait a minute, what happens coach? So so we put so much emphasis given on those four foundations of our program. And that's what we feel like we got to be great in. So you know, and sagging man to man is one of them, and we put so much time into it.
1: Yeah, you know, I, that the ball. Tell us a little bit about you. You played a lot I mean, you're you're guys off the ball. I mean, you're protecting the paint. A little bit about that.
0: Well, I apologize, Kevin, for there. For some reason, I don't know why, but you were breaking up. I could not understand, but a few sentences you said.
1: Okay, sometimes you know I have. Um, sometimes I. Tell us, uh, you do it a little. Then, than most coaches.
0: Well, we we can you hear me all right, Kevin? Can you hear me all right? Yes, sir. I go. I don't know why, but I'm having a hard time with the, with with the uh, with hearing you. But yeah, I know uh, the last the last question you asked me was about the sagging man to man, but it, it, that's what we're trying to do. We're really trying to protect the paint, and what really helps out is is we try to take away all penetration because everybody's on the paint. And you're going to have to try to beat us shooting outside contested jump shots. And then when we put in our pressing system with that and take your legs away a little bit, you know, that kind of helps out with that. But uh, it's been something that we've been really, uh, like I said, uh, I, I stole it from Alan Long down at, when he was at Day the Boys Coaches. and something that we've worked on. And we can make adjustments out of it and everything else, but we really feel like you win basketball games by getting the ball in the paint. So defensively, we're going to do everything we can to keep you out of the paint. And uh, like I said, it's been really good for us for, for a long time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A little bit about that, Gene. And I know um, I know you have to go pretty soon. Uh, your dribble drive. Let's say I have – I don't have four girls on the ball. I mean, how, how do you adjust to that A lot of your kids can handle How would you take? Does
0: it? Well, I think that's something that you got to look at from your program standpoint and your environment. But see, this is why we now can do the dribble drive is because of things like Breakfast Club that we've done for for 14 years. Because all the principles that we're teaching in Breakfast Club with our footwork and with our our situations of attacking shoulder on hip and all that stuff fit perfectly into the dribble drive offense now all the time you don't have kids that are great drivers so we've we've done a few things with the dribble drive uh with our kids that can't drive uh, like just to give you an example uh you know you're trying to get a drop zones in the dribble drive well if we got a kid that don't feel comfortable doing that or they're just overwhelmed by a defender well, like one of the things we have now in our offense is if I turn now and come at you instead of making a direct line, if, if defense is making me come at you, now we drop the dribble drive principles and we go into a principle of where we're reading either a backdoor cut or dribble handoff. Right. So, you know, so we've taken, like we said, our foundation that we feel like is really solid, but we have to make sure we tweak it enough for kids to be able to be successful in that cuz like I said I've had a couple of shooters that were great shooters over the last couple of years but they weren't very they weren't very good at one-on-one getting to the bucket so we had to make sure that we put some things in there to help them out and like that's one rule we have in our dribble drive uh, that now helps kids that can't handle the ball as well but if i had four kids that couldn't handle the ball then you got to go to something else exactly about it. I mean you can't you can't <laughs> be yeah, I mean that's just that's what coaching comes into it. Right. And absolutely. if you've got a you got a situation where your kids can't do it, uh, you you know you as a coach you've got to put your kids in the best situation. But like I said, for us, we're pretty good at it now because for 14 years we're getting all that Breakfast Club stuff in, and they know how to attack people.
1: Yeah, it's all it's all about the skill development. I mean,
0: absolutely. I mean, there's no
1: doubt that's what. That's what you're, you know, you're, you're excellent at that. And I think if any coaches is listening, man, you're breakfast club. I'm, I'm surprised more coaches have been instituted. Uh, give me an example. Of how I, what, sir? How you put together a, a, a daily practice. Put, yeah, what's, you know, changes based.
0: Uh, well with our practices now, first of all, we're gonna do a lot of, of steel fundamentals and everything else, but we have series of drills. I, I I like to do when I'm doing my drill work and all in practice, I don't like where all of a sudden everybody's gotta have a ball and then you go to a drill where, you know, only four their groups have about we we keep everything and we have a s- different drills for different series that we'll put in for our fundamentals and everything else. We like to do a lot of that stuff early. We do a lot of breakdown stuff with our with our post players and with our perimeter players of, of skill development with them and like all of it pertains to our offenses. like if my post players and perimeter players are divided up, and we're working on man stuff that day. My post players are not doing a lot of post moves. They're doing a lot of catch, what we call quick ups and different things like they would get in our dribble drive offense because, you know, I've had some big post players, I had some really good big post players in the past, but now we're kind of small. So with the dribble drive, you can play with a smaller post. Uh, matter of fact, we won state championship last year with a post that was five six. But she knew how to catch the ball and score quick and everything off our drills. So, you know, we do a lot of of dividing up in the practice into different skill development with either post or perimeter. We do a lot of transition stuff because we're a fast break team up and down the floor and pressing team. Uh, But the thing I think that you got to work into it too is a lot of half-court defense and half-court offense because I believe in pressing as much as anybody. But to win a championship or state level or region level, in my opinion, you got to be able to do three things. You got to be able to rebound. You got to be able to play half court defense. And you've got to be able to execute on the half court on offense. And I wish I'd have learned that lesson a lot more when I was at Dade because we were so transition minded and press minded that when we got later into the later rounds of the state tournament, uh, I would kill my kids because they couldn't score as easy, and then we couldn't score on the half court as well. So one of the lessons I've learned big time is if you're going to have some games in the region tournament or in the state tournament, I promise you everything's going to fall apart, and you've got to be able to grind. So my kids, we talk about it every day, that we've got to be able to stop people in the half court defense, and we've got to be able to execute in the half court offense.
1: Yeah, particularly if you're matched up even with somebody or something that's a little bit better. Uh, I love that term, grind it out. I mean, you have to be able to execute. Um, and I know many of your state championship games, down to that, right? Just that, that the last. grind. Uh, tell us a little bit. Game. Had to grind it out.
0: Oh, let me tell you, I can give you the best example of that. We played Carrollton about, I think it was about, five or six years ago. Great coach over there, Sean Thomaston, great friend of mine, going back to my day county days. And I knew he he was gonna he was going to do everything he could. He knew he was a pressing team and everything else. Well my best player at that time got hurt in the final four. And so we get out there and play in the state championships against Carrollton. And the first quarter um, we are pressing them and they are wearing us out they are first of all I've got my best player she can't move in the full court so you know we got some gaps in there with her not being able to move he's he's played me enough that he knew exactly what to do and they're getting great shots well you know I if I'd been in you know 20 years ago I'd have got beat by 15 20 points cuz I'd have been so hard headed I wouldn't have got out of the press and so I call you know at the first quarter I pretty much uh talked my assistants and everything else, and I pulled a team over there and said, ladies, listen, here's the deal. We're going to have to win this game tonight. We're going to have to do it ugly. I said, we're going to have to grind them out. We're going to have to basically get in half court, and we're going to have to make a stand, keep the ball out of the paint, make them shoot it outside. And I said, when we come down, we're going to get – it's going to limit our number of possessions, and we're going to have to turn the ball or we get something we want. And it was the ugliest game i I, I promise you i don't even want to watch it on film it was so (laughs) ugly but the thing was it gave us uh, we went we came from being down to coming back and winning state championship because my kids knew how to play that way and um you know it came to a grind like i said and we won a one-point ball game that's probably the ugliest game in the history of state championship but like i told them that night i said we've Put that trophy, take it home. It wasn't gonna say how ugly the game was. Exactly. Always gonna stay with state championship.
1: Exactly right. So, yeah.
0: So it's so you know, and then you get into this grind too. It's like the last two years, I've had really good shooting teams. Well, every day you get they get sick of me saying, "Hey, it's great when we hit those three pointers. Great when we hit those three pointers. But what are we gonna do when we're not hitting three pointers? What are we gonna be able to do when we're not hitting from outside?" I said, "Because one of those nights is gonna come." And you know, that's a thin line when you got shooters that you won't shoot in the basketball, but they also gotta know that nights is not going in, that we gotta be able to turn it and get what we want.
1: Yeah. And G, don't you feel like the three point shot? This is just from my experience. When you get down to the tournament, I rarely see state, I mean, state games where the, the teams are knocking down threes. Do you? I mean, it, it comes down to inside
0: play. I tell you, I just think that you're, you're, I think the three pointer is a great weapon that man can just demoralize people. But also, I see so many teams that they live and die by it. And I, and I understand if that's your identity and that's who you are, but you better have a backup plan because you don't want to get deep in the tournament and all of a sudden the environment changes and you can't hit from outside and then you have no place to go. And uh, you see it happen every year to teams. And that's something that, like I said, I've been able to, to learn through being hard-headed that, that we've got to be able to do that. And I think that's, that's, that's a part of the puzzle that so many coaches miss out on, is if they can't get it easy and the kids can't get it easy, they, uh, they don't have a backup plan. And so, you know, I just think that you must be able to grind. One of my assistants, Jeff Osmond, you know, he's coached to college. I mean, he's yeah. been with me 12 years. Sure. He preaches that all the time. He says, you can bet there's going to be a game where everything falls apart and you're going to have to grind. And he's absolutely right. We have them all the time. And so that's one of the things that we really, really focus on in our program is being able to try to get in half court and score and, 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 and do it in many, many different types of ways.
1: Yeah, and you got a great coaching staff. I've met all of them. Um, Each one of them has the roles uh, and responsibilities. The one thing I've added this year, I I don't call my coaches. I call them a leadership team. Um, Absolutely. And I've given them certain roles, and they absolutely love that. I mean, it's like just like your players, you got to give your coaches expectations, right?
0: Totally agree with it. And here's the deal: when you got people, that's and, and I think that's the thing that you got to build trust with. And, you know, I've got two of my sisters been with me 12 years. And then I got my son, which, good gosh, he's grown up with me and basketball in my hand. And then I got another coach that's, I totally trust. But when you got good people with you, you have got to turn them loose and let them coach. And you've got to let them do let them do their things. And, and you know, I think that that's a big thing. That everybody's on the same page. And it, you give them opportunities to, to use their skill and their knowledge and, you know, you heard me talk about this earlier. You better have somebody on staff as a truth person. Somebody's going to tell you what you sometimes what you you don't want to hear, but you need to hear too. So, uh, I think building a staff is huge. Is huge with trying to develop a total program.
1: I totally agree with that, um, Coach. Hey, just can you give me the last piece of advice? Let's say it's a a new coach starting out. What would you recommend for a new coach starting out right now?
0: Oh boy, I tell you I think I think for a new coach starting out, get around as many good people as you can with experience and open your ears and take a good notebook and just listen because we're dealing with a different animal right now. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of laughed, I think it was two years ago or something like this. Frank Martin, you know, which is a outstanding coach. He was on one of the social medias and he was ranting and raving and talking about, you know, that, that, uh, kids hadn't changed. This is, you know, the people around them and all we, that we've changed and everything else. And, I you know, I, I respect him and he's probably got more basketball. And I don't know, but I, I was going of going, Frank. I'm going to tell you, bro, they've changed, <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, in yeah. my opinion, you know, We didn't have to deal with social media. We didn't have to deal with the internet. We didn't have to deal with all the stuff that they got going on and everything else. But no matter whether they've changed or not, it's a different animal. And uh, I think that probably I was, I know, you tired of me saying, I talked about this today, but I did. You know, one of the hardest things I've had to do, because I'm an old dinosaur. I mean, I know that. But one of the hardest things that I've had to do is learn how to adapt without changing and compromising my principles. Uh, and, and nowadays with a young coach, I think that you need to get is – I, I believe you got to get around some older coaches and find some good mentors, and not just in basketball, in all, in all sports and learn and try to, 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 to figure out the best way to deal with the kids nowadays and everything else because it's a challenge now. It is a whole different world with, with doing that. You know, I tell people we're very, very, very blessed at Buford. We have some unbelievable coaches there. God, we have. And, and, and see, this, I, I would hang around. I'll never forget this. I tell this all the time that, you know, when I first got there, I moved there to put my sons there to play football and everything else. But one of the first things I did was I was the equipment manager for football. And because the reason why I wanted to be an equipment manager was two reasons number one i want to be around my kids and, and be around them and all but on friday nights but the other thing was i wanted to see what made buford football tick i want to sure. you know they're so successful i want to i want to get in there so i would be in there man i'd be watching their coaches and watching how they do things and how to handle things and everything else so i'm in there trying to learn from, from a football program and i'm a veteran coach and then you know we've got some other coaches in there you know in, at buford that just outstanding, you know, and everything else. So, you know, the point going back to this, I would get around and surround myself with as many mentors and great people as I could and just really try to soak up as much information as I'm, as I'm trying to develop as a young coach. I, I hope that all makes sense, but I'm telling you, I think nowadays you really need, you need to get some people on your side that can help you through a lot of tough, tough times. Absolutely. And, and
1: coaches, uh Gene, how can, how can our listeners get a hold of you? How, what's the best way they can get a hold of you, whether that's social media or or email? What's the best way?
0: Listen, email is probably the best for me. Uh, I'm under gene.durden at bufordcityschools.org. I don't ever mind giving out my cell number, you know, everything else. Because here's the deal. I, I meet with coaches all the time. I, I, my, my wife laughed at me not long ago because – she I was like, I'm going to meet with this. kid. she said, Would you please stop doing that? And I'm like, Well, I said, you know, now I'm in the latter stages of my career and all I want to do is give back. You know, I that's what I want to do is I give back to kids, give back to coaches, and you know, and like I said, it's not about sitting down and me telling them what to do. That's not it. Because, you know, first thing you gotta learn as a coach is you can't be somebody else. You gotta be who you are. That's the whole thing about it. You cannot see somebody else and try to be them. you got to be who you are. But the thing that I like to do is just sit down and share and, you know, try to tell them a lot of stuff that I've made mistakes with or we're sitting there talking and, and, and just try to get them some situation to think about and everything else and learn. So, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm always available. I'm usually got somebody with me all the time talking about basketball.
1: And and I just got to tell you, I've interviewed fourteen people, and uh, people like Julie Connor, Maury Smith, Matt Smith, they all, rec- I mean, they they all absolutely love the the, the time and ever and ever you spent with them. Uh, so you're a mentor to a lot of coaches, and I know you're. Um, you've been a strong mentor for me. So, I've kind of built my program around a lot of your principles. Listen, and I, I, can't I appreciate everything you've done for and, me. And,
0: uh, and uh, we're looking forward to having you at everything the clinic, to share, Coach. Anything that we do. I mean, I've told this before, best coaches are best thieves. And everything that I've done, I've either stole from somebody else or tried to find a way to make it better. So, uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And
1: uh, Coach Dern will be speaking at 8 o'clock bright and early, Coach, on his Breakfast Club. We're looking forward to seeing you, Coach. Thank you you for for taking the time out. Appreciate it. Have a
0: good night. The five players on the floor function as one single unit team, 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 right? No
1: one more important than the other.